0: Trees are among the best natural solutions to fixing climate change. So why don't we just plant lots of trees more? This week we've had a lot of news about trees and about forests. And some of it is uplifting and some of it is actually pretty depressing. Preserving nature, including planting forests, can be a big part of the solution to the twin crisis of climate change and biodiversity loss. But... It is not the proverbial silver bullet. The main focus has to be on cutting greenhouse gas emissions. There were once about 6 trillion trees on the planet. That's been calculated by scientists. And now we're down to about 3 trillion. And that sounds like a lot of trees. It's about 400 trees for each person that is now alive on the planet. But these trees are in deep trouble And if the trees are in deep trouble, we are in deep trouble. Forests, like the Amazon, are the lungs of the planet, a life support system. But they are under growing pressure from loggers and farmers who are burning the forest to clear land for cattle and crops. And trees provide food. Think of everything from mangoes to apples, from almonds to coca. You have now in the kitchen stuff that has been grown on trees. They regulate also the water flows and the rainfall, and they provide wood for building materials. Mangrove forests protect coast against everything from rising seas to tsunamis. And they are also homes to millions of species of animals and plants, and actually quite a few humans as well. It's part of the wonder of nature, and forests generate the oxygen that we breathe. They soak up the carbon that we emit, and trees absorb carbon dioxide the main man-made greenhouse gas from the air as they grow and they release it when they burn or rot so when we know all this why aren't we doing enough to protect trees and welcome alistair i'm sure asking this question you must be able to guide me further in this quest about the importance (laughs) of
1: trees hi alex i hope so let's see i've been looking up some stuff about trees and um There is a big campaign, like you say, we're down to three trillion trees, um, but and there's a big plan to plant a trillion trees by the end of this decade. I think even Donald Trump signed up for that one, didn't he, Um, when he was president? Uh, This was, I think, originally an idea of the World Economic Forum, the sort of the the Swiss-based sort of uh, hosting the world's elites once a year, and it's been supported by a lot of conservation groups and governments. So. You know, a trillion trees—that's um, a third of all the trees on the planet now—and that would be an astonishing transformation in itself. You know, so let's go for it. Um, among the news you referred to this this week, there's been a um, in Britain, where I'm from originally. There's a campaign on this year to plant a tree for the Jubilee, um, as every royalist will know. Um, in the UK, Queen Elizabeth will uh, is celebrating her. 70th year on the throne that's um, quite a record she's a, she's the longest reigning British monarch and I think um, just after the Sun King in France is the longest reigning monarch ever actually I think give her a few more years and she'll do it And um, uh, so you know uh, there's a big plug to plant a tree for the Jubilee um, to uh, offset help, help offset this alarming loss of trees around the world so, you know, you look at the British media and, you know, the, they're hailing the, cr- the trees as the crown jewels of the countryside um, these days. Um, Prince Charles has been going on about this, uh, pl- encouraging people to plant trees. He even planted one with his mother last year, I saw, um, marking these 70 years. Um, I think we're just past the time when they're encouraging people to plant trees. I think uh, it's best to do it in the winter wintertime. But, um, but part of the Part of the project that he announced this last week is to celebrate and protect some of the ancient trees and woodlands. Um, these include a lot of things that are you know deeply embedded in the culture of the u k there 's the um, the hundred acre wood that was uh, the home of Winnie the Pooh in his books there 's a yew tree, an ancient yew tree thought to be an inspiration for some of the tolkien 's Lord of the rings there 's an apple tree that might have been um, might have prompted. Isaac Newton's theory of gravity. There's also an oak tree where Charles II is uh, reputed to have hidden um, in the what the seventeenth middle of the seventeenth century during the English Civil War. Um, where he hid uh, from the, the the troops trying to track him down. It's, it's I don't think it's actually that tree, but it's a descendant of that tree in the same park. So Charles, Prince Charles, uh, not um, the. Charles yet uh, made this announcement in front of an ancient sycamore in Scotland that he said was as old as Shakespeare's Hamlet, you know, planted more than four hundred years ago. So there, there's, there's, he's celebrating these seventy woodlands um, and they're campaigning to protect these very special trees or, or woods, um, seventy of them, uh, one for every year of his mother's reign, you know. So it's kind of it kind of touches a nerve when you hear all that history and the you know it's not just trees are good for as a place for biodiversity and um and and for, uh, nesting for birds and things like that or or as you're saying almonds and mangoes but it's a deeply ingrained in, in people's cultures too
0: Wow, wonderful it's um Oh, I got yeah. so many comments on what you were, you yeah, were right. just saying. I, I mean, Shakespeare's uh, Hamlet, I, I just wanted to mention that I was uh, one day visiting um, in uh, Helsingor, the old uh, castle, where uh, that's the opening scene of, 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 of Hamlet, when he sees the ghost of his father, he's standing actually on uh, the castle, Helsingor. That castle is still there. You can, uh, you can go there.
1: Yeah, I've been there uh, too. It's um, amazing, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Rosencrantz and Guildenstein in, in Hamlet. I once mm-hmm. met uh, a guy who was the last uh, either Rosenkrantz or Gildenstein in the world that was still carrying that name. He was a direct descendant <laughs> of the person that uh, Hamlet referred to. But he had no children. He was the very last one. He was dying out. I've forgotten whether he was the one or the other. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and another one where you're talking about uh, Queen Elizabeth. She was, she was, there's always this one line of, uh, what is it, the, um, the crown princess that climbed into a tree and then the next morning climbed down to to be the queen or so.
1: Queen, she's, indeed. was yes, sleeping yes. in a
0: tree while her father died.
1: That's right, yes, yes. Uh, so again, another a, connection to trees,
0: yes. <laughs> it's a fitting for the occasion. And Maybe we should someday make a, a full broadcast only about famous trees in the world because you mentioned already so many. I was thinking if I could think of other ones, but I need a bit more time for that one, I think. Although we recently spoke about this Redwood tree in the U.S. Right. where you could the, drive under. In one the of the General our Sherman,
1: restaurant. right, the biggest tree in the world over there, I think. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's not the one where they where they cut a the hole in that you could drive no. through, but that's <laughs> yes. uh, which they would not do nowadays. But uh, it was already like there in the in the Roosevelt days. There's an old picture of um, of of the uh, of uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, who yes. was the one who, who established all these uh, these national parks uh, in the American West, who was uh, driving through with a very old car or coach or whatever. In the, and then they had already cut this thing out. But I'm completely drifting away from what we were talking about because <laughs> I believe that this UK initiative is, is really good news. But we, we also had... Uh, data this week showing that the tropics lost more than 11 million hectares of tree cover an area uh, of um, it's it's about the size of cuba or you could say the state of wyoming Uh, according to global forest watch of uh, wri the world resource institute in washington that is uh, working together in on this issue with the university of maryland and the annual losses Remain uh, quote unquote stubbornly high, the researchers said. Uh, farmers are clearing land to make way for, for cattle ranching and crops like like soy. And those so that soy is not eaten by humans, but eating uh, eaten by uh, by cattle. So basically, this is all about the meat industry, where it comes down to. So we talk about countries like Brazil and and the DRC and and bolivia and indonesia and those countries had the biggest losses in 2021 and the high level of the forest loss of last year that does not match up with the commitment announced by more than 100 world leaders at uh, the un climate summit last november to hold deforestation by 2030 that doesn't mean that you can just keep on cutting until 2030 and then finally you start doing something it means that we have to to stop now as soon as possible. And that is, that is not happening. So this is just as frustrating as the battle to do something about climate change. Now, in the tropics alone, about 4 million hectares of loss were in tropical primary rainforest, primary as in that has never been cut before. So these areas are of critical importance for carbon storage and biodiversity because this this dense vegetation that holds really high levels of carbon so we're talking here of a land area lost uh, in one year that is nearly the size of my country the netherlands and this is only the data for tropical forests so to illustrate this number in a different way it's the equivalent of the rate of losing 10 football pitches per minute and that goes on minute by minute hour by hour and I'm afraid to say, year by year. And uh, another of these worrying findings in in the Global Forest Watch report was that the losses in northern forests, like here in Canada or Scandinavia or Russia, and especially Russia, they surged 29% in the last year to a record of more than 8 million hectares. So in other words, that is twice the size of the Netherlands that we lost last year, in these more northern forests. Um, uh, The report blames climate change for this. It says that these high-latitude evergreen forests are increasingly under threat from climate change with hotter and drier conditions leading to increased fires and insect damage. And the forests in those northern areas have historically recovered. You can't plant much other things than, than trees in Siberia. But climate change is a wild card for the future. And an interesting study to refer to here is uh, what recently uh, Yale University published about is in in one of these forests, they have like 10 different uh, huge, let's say, glass or or perspex or whatever domes uh, built. And in each of these, they change the temperature and the CO2 levels according to the different climate scenarios. And the frightening conclusion is that after doing this for a number of years, that uh, especially in the business-as-usual scenario with climate change, um, uh, these these trees are rapidly going to die off. So it's, it 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 just underscores the urgency. Of uh, of taking taking actions and some forests in the northern areas have historically recovered, um, but uh, they're still dealing with uh, all these these insect pests uh, because they survive milder winters and um, uh, and they more rapidly reproduce in warmer summers and these forests are suffering under these insects and. Uh, they they dry out and and then they catch fire in lightning strikes or or in forest fires, and the Tr- trillion trees initiative says that planting trees is not the only solution. So what we need is rapid and dramatic reductions in greenhouse gas emissions, which means. Quitting fossil fuels and decarbonizing energy and transport and industry, and I sometimes sound a bit like a broken record because basically in any kind of broadcast we're talking about it it is it is always like there's this extreme urgency, and politicians just don't get it, and just as importantly, we need to keep up all the the remaining forest standing because it is much much better to preserve what we have instead of replanting something that we have destroyed
1: yeah um it's a it's a it's a shocking picture that um globus forest watch um, paints isn't it there they're really alarming but sometimes i think they don't give us the full picture um in their annual reports because they're focusing on the losses of forests and they don't account for new plantings yes of course the loss of the primary forests in the tropics is absolutely mindless um, destruction of, of, of the lungs of the planet, the very home of biodiversity for so many species um, that are being lost before they're even discovered. Um, but there are a few green shoots of hope here and there from the regrowth of forests in some parts of the world. It's not like we've gone on a one-way track to, to forests disappearing. I looked up the report by the UN panel of climate scientists that came out last month, which is about solutions to climate change. And it it said there are some signs of progress in the last decade. It said that the net forest cover increased overall uh, in the last decade. So it said um, deforestation has declined since 2010 and net forest cover increased. I found that kind of surprising because you always hear about Deforestation, but you very rarely hear about how forests are growing, um, growing back because partly because of these tree planting uh, initiatives like the the Trillion Trees, or you know we go back to Wangari Mathai in Kenya, don't we, who who won the Nobel Prize back in um, uh, fifteen years or so ago uh, for her initiative to to plant trees across Africa, and you know the UN said that you know government initiatives and international moratoria. Were successful in reducing deforestation in the Amazon between 2004 and 2015, um, while regrowth and regeneration occurred in Europe, Eurasia, and North America. So there are places where forests are growing back. China's got an enormous um, afforestation uh, program too. Um, and, and you know forests are ca- creeping back in, in many parts of Europe. Of course, at the same time, it also... It's a nuanced, highly nuanced report with lots of little, little bits of um, complications. It, it also warned, of course, that deforestation in the Amazon has increased in the last four years of the study, uh, partly because that's because of far-right-wing um, President Bolsonaro. And it said that other parts of the world uh, face rising rates of forest losses. But it also says that there are good signs um, for people using more wood in construction, that helps, um, that helps to create uh, a demand for, for forests and, and you lock away trees in, in your home by putting them in the walls um, and then they're not emitting greenhouse gases. They're not dying and rotting. Um, overall, um, it said that um, 22% of all greenhouse gases come from agriculture, forestry and other land use. Um, AFOLU, as they call it in the the technological jargon. So that's a fifth of all greenhouse gases that from human causes are coming from chopping down trees it's a it's a shocking shocking number and of course there's agriculture thrown in there we have got all the cows and their burps and whatever (laughs) thrown in
0: and whatever
1: (laughs) so (laughs) the
0: the obvious question here is can we just plant our way out of climate change Uh, will a trillion trees really make a difference. And the website, the conversation, which I uh, advise everybody to follow, because I think these guys are brilliant, that which uh, draws on academic experts to, to analyze the, the news. They once looked at the idea that each person on Earth could plant a tree for the next 20 years. So imagine you and me and everybody listening today for the next 20 years we are all going to plant one tree a year. So that means with, let's say, 8 billion people, uh, and that 20 times, that means that we would plant 160 billion new trees. I think that would be an amazing effort if we would manage to do that. But now they calculated that uh, a typical tree could absorb about 25 kilo kilograms of carbon every year. So suppose that each of these trees survived, and that is really a big if, because, you know, if you if you would plant trees in, let's say, the countries that I just mentioned, like Brazil, you really need some armed guys standing around it, otherwise they will be cut <laughs> down. But suppose if all of these trees that everybody in the world would plant every year for 20 years in a row, then these 20 trees would be together absorbing 500 kilograms of carbon every year. But that is a fraction of the amount of greenhouse gases that we are emitting. Each American emits about 15 tons a year. So 500 kilo- kilograms, that is that is uh, peanuts. That is, that is about 3% of what we need. So uh, with such a massive scheme, we're still not there. And of course there's no guarantee that these trees will reach maturity. So it's a great idea. And there's also all kinds of other benefits. So uh, by planting trees, you have better biodiversity, uh, more jobs. Uh, you have you have uh, soil carbon storage, but also you just uh, keep the soil from, from, from being flushed away uh, with floods. It influences the climate. So there's all kinds of other perks. There's a lot of good reasons for planting trees. Um, and just one more, you can just, you know, you got a nice place to go to in the weekends and to walk among trees. So there's lots of reasons to do tree planting, but that in itself is not going to be the solution. There's also lots of risks to take into account. There will be wild wildfires and diseases and pests, and all three of them will increase because the climate is changing and trees can also mess up the local biodiversity if you plant the wrong ones. so it's not that just planting trees is the solution i was today looking on instagram and there was this uh, little clip about um, that you could have enormous fun by just throwing seeds around and and uh, it gave the idea that you were both having fun as well as planting trees but that is um th- there comes more to planting trees than just, just throwing seeds out from a plane or whatever way you're doing it. Uh, you need some experts to think about it. But the main thing is that you plant the, the local trees that were originally living in, in that area. Um, there are also risks that if you do a program like this, you will give fossil fuel companies and others that are resisting change an excuse to plant trees instead of cutting emissions. So you could suddenly see the, the, the one remaining cock brother um, getting active on planting trees uh, as an excuse to keep selling, selling fossil fuels. And now already you see that with the war in Ukraine, many people in Europe are arguing for more oil and more gas production to help boycott Russian supplies of fossil fuels. And that is a typical example of an issue that that, uh, sometimes comes back in our our talks here these compounded risks I mean if you have bad governance and just invading a fully independent uh, neighbouring country is uh, one of the examples of pretty bad governance but bad governance combined with climate change combined with biodiversity loss and combined with pollution and combined with all these other crises that we are dealing with at the same time that is that that makes the future so really scary so yeah where are you on this Alistair?
1: Yeah, it's getting complicated isn't it this, yeah, this it story exactly It's um i I'd, I'd like to i was just thinking it'd be nice to know how many oil companies have put pictures of trees in their annual reports in the last few years you know increasingly as they get worried about climate change you, it's a good fig leaf almost literally to put a tree on your front cover isn't it <laughs> and your report to show how green you are um, but it's it's uh, it's it's a dangerous deception isn't it when as you're saying earlier all the data points to trees are going to be a great supplement to cutting emissions and to getting and to winning against uh, this against these losses of biodiversity but there are also these uh, these risks Um, I was, again, looking back at this UN report about climate change, uh, solutions to climate change last month. Um, It says trees are going to be vital to this effort um, when it talks about trying to get on track to limit global warming to one and a half degrees above um, the pre-industrial times, which is the toughest goal of the um, Paris Agreement. Um, It said that forests were going to have to expand by an area equivalent to India by 2050. Um, that is just enormous isn't it it says you know quotes, pathways limiting warming to 1.5 degrees with no or limited overshoot show an increase in forest cover of about 322 million hectares in 2050 I looked it up that's about the size of India almost exactly so that's a pretty big new addition to forests but it, it also says that um, forests can't solve the problem on their own um, it says, you know, the AFOLU, the agriculture, uh, forestry and land use sector can provide 20 to 30% of the global mitigation needed. Um, so for a for 1.5 or 2 degrees pathway towards 2050. So, so they're talking about the whole sector there. That's not just um, forests, but uh, land use and farms accounting for 20 to 30% of what's needed so we're gonna have to do an awful lot more than just um than just plant trees unfortunately still you know a lot of these um a lot of these um a lot of these uh these measures can be done on the cheap you know obviously getting prince charles to go around planting saplings isn't going to fix it on its on its own but it's, it's a pretty s- s- cheap way of going around planting saplings um you can get School kids to do it there was an effort I think in Ethiopia where they planted millions of trees in um, in, uh, in, in, in a day um, and so we can we can achieve a lot of this um, by by our own actions. Um, the IPCC said in its in its report that um, you know we can we can by by going around forests improving the management of forests improving the way that we restore forests, peatlands, coastal wetlands, uh, savannas and grasslands. They have the potential to reduce emissions or store away 7.3 billion tonnes of carbon dioxide a year. So that's that's the utter potential they're talking about. But by comparison, of course, we're emitting about 33 billion tonnes of CO2 a year. So, you know, can't we just plant forests to solve the climate crisis Unfortunately, we can't. It's going, to mean, it's going to mean it takes up too much land, um, and it, it just can't be, there's not a, enough land available. There are so many other demands on land, you know, with an expanding, with a population rising to 10 billion people or so this century. Uh, we're going to have to need more land to to plant crops and to expand cities. Okay, many of these trees that we've discovered, are, you can eat apples and oranges and uh, almonds and mangoes of course so these can be part of the solution themselves but um you know climate change itself as alex was mentioning is 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 also turning around lashing us um with its own uh, problems you know the amazon large parts of the amazon are drying out and there's a risk that it could turn into a sort of savannah-like landscape uh, by the middle of the century so forests are great natural allies in the fight against climate change and we should do an awful lot more to be looking after them
0: yeah yeah that's just of course we could go on for a long long time about uh about forest and uh we we promised to each other uh, last time that we would uh, try to uh, limit our talk to about half an hour and then uh, leave about uh, 10 minutes for uh for questions so if anybody of you Ask questions or comments, uh, please. Uh, please join in. I would love to hear if uh, you have recently visited a, for- a forest or whether you have uh, supported forest uh, plan or tree planting programs. Uh, I'm still planning actually to add to my newsletter that if somebody subscribes to my newsletter, that uh, I will make sure that a tree will be planted for them. I still have to arrange it. I already have the address, how to arrange it, but I oh, great. still have to add it to my newsletter. So. My very small yeah. contribution to more trees in the world, and uh, don't be discouraged just by the numbers that I just mentioned. So uh, I don't think I will personally plant 160 billion trees, uh, which would be nice for the three percent that it would uh, offset. Um, and yeah. I see Evelyn joining. Hi, Evelyn. Good to good to see you back here. Hi, Evelyn. Hi. Good evening, I should say, in Switzerland.
2: Yeah. Good evening, yeah. Um, I was just looking for a picture that I know I have somewhere of Astrid Lindgren up a tree when she's pretty old. I know I have it somewhere, so I'll post it on your on the tweet you did uh, when I find it, because trees are also great to climb up um, or to climb in, I guess. And um.
0: That's a good point. You're good to climb in. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, and, as King Charles um, did. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I was gonna I forgot I forgot who it was. Some yeah. Some British royal, I guess. I'm not very good at those, sorry. Well anyway, um yeah, I um I grew up very close to a forest, so I've always had like a special um connection with trees and forests and stuff and my family actually owns like a tiny bit of forest in the town I grew up in and that's kind of it's kind of special um so I know how to like fell a tree and all that although that's not one of my favorite things but it's still still cool um uh what's the word uh gosh See, I'm too tired. Anyway, um, um, we, we, have of,
0: we have a bit of a bad connection, uh, at least I have, so yeah. uh, okay. I, I, I can get part it's of what you're saying. It's breaking up a little bit, yeah. It's yeah. breaking up.
2: That's a really uh, good
1: point, though, about living with trees, isn't it? As you were saying, Alex, before we started, I think there's an awful lot of people who live in forests and who depend on forests, aren't there? That yeah, we've 300
0: kind of... million people, actually. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, yeah. and um in terms of like um what what i do <laughs> not much to help forest i have not i've planted several trees when um, growing up and they're still around but i'm gonna have to look into what i can do around here i don't think deforestation is a big uh, problem where i live like looking at maps you don't see like The forests are still where they were like 20, 30 years ago. So it's not a big problem here. But there's one thing I was wondering. I don't know if you guys know this, but are there... um, You were talking about like trees that are... um,
0: Evelyn, you're really difficult to to hear uh, at least on my end. I I hear yeah, much what you're saying. I think there's some some kind of connection problem. Um uh, but um Okay. Yeah. I'll hang <laughs> thanks. up. Thanks <laughs> thanks so yeah. much. Maybe we should try again next time but there's there's something wrong with the connection.
1: Thanks um,
0: yeah. Okay. So Sharon um hi Sharon Thanks for joining. I hope your connection is better. Normally, we oh, never sure. have a problem with Evelyn's connection, but this time we have. Thanks for joining. Arizona, palm trees, yes. I would think of. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, and, I'm not going to talk about... And saguaros, <laughs> or is that, is that the right name? Uh, it, uh, saguaros, Alex. Oh, yeah, is that a word? Okay. <laughs>
3: the saguaro cactus. I'm not going to talk about palm trees or saguaros, though. Um, I love what Alistair just said, that you know, we need to take care of the forest that we already have. And I'm, uh, I have a love affair with Ponderosa Pine, um, that I think reaches somewhere up in Canada also. And just before I go on, I know I'm so over my depth here, so I'm just going to ask a question and hope that it comes out okay. Um, I graduated from Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff, so I took some environmental, um, courses, and um, I learned a little bit about the ponderosa pine, and I was fascinated because I just love, I love uh, pine trees. But what do you think about the digital mapping and um, a culling out of ponderosa pines uh, to prevent forest fires, um, I think they are saying that the young saplings or the young pine trees are enhancing the forest fire danger, so they're mapping uh, the Ponderosa forests, and then they come in and cull them or cut them, but is that just a logging operation, or what do you think about that? Because I I was trying to read about it, and I think we've lost about 25%. Of our ponderosa pine, so um, I'm going to be quiet now and just let you guys talk. Thanks. Um, well, uh, let's see.
0: in, in uh, I'm I'm not uh, certain for for this type, but I know, for instance, that um, in California they have a problem with the eucalyptus trees that they imported from uh, from Australia that have um, that are very oily and they have a kind of. Uh, easily to burn oil inside the trees and that has contributed enormously to, to the fire dangers in, in California. In this case, I don't know if this is a native tree or not and why suddenly now that the climate is changing that maybe they get more more dangerous. It, it could be that it's, it's just a kind of um, campaign to 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 fell more trees, but that seems a bit seems a bit obvious. I think the environmental movement would would cut us quickly quickly um but uh yeah I don't know do you know more about this alistair
1: i've been trying to look up for ponderosa pine on the internet while you've while you're oh. talking Sharon i'm afraid i I didn't so get terribly sorry. far but no no, but that's 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 I'm great so i mean
3: <laughs> You're much um, you more know, of I, an
1: expert than neither. No, either no, or no, something. I'm not.
3: Really, but trust I, me, I'm not. I, <laughs> I just try to, I try to think global but act local. So I don't have the expertise to ask a global question. So, so I try no, to no. keep my questions like you know pertaining to something that I may have a vague knowledge of. And I think that they're just that they're coming in and they're cutting down these trees and they're saying we're doing this to reduce forest fires um because they're too thick and the young trees you know will catch fire quicker uh please like i said i'm over my depth here but do you believe in that do you believe in um cutting down some trees and thinning them than to protect the forest
1: well i think it's becoming an issue isn't it in many places i can imagine
0: that that this is that this is true. That this is actually the case. That younger trees are uh, may have more kind of let's say kind of juices, a different structure than older trees. Uh, yeah, I can I, I think, can imagine yeah. that that's okay. the case.
1: I think also maybe with climate change now. I mean wildfires are becoming more intense, aren't they? And maybe something about the balance of a forest is is more vulnerable to burn down the whole thing. And maybe, you know, creating fire breaks in forests by by yes. clearing forests or, or perhaps cutting down trees that maybe the ponderosa pine is especially kind of flammable sort of tree. I, I don't know, like Alex is saying, eucalyptus yes. is.
3: Yes, I think you've hit it. I think, Alistair, that you have hit it. And I think that's that's the reason that they're giving. And I, I think that's some of the reasons that my professors were giving, um, you know, at NAU. Um so thank you, but I appreciated the uh, comment that we need to take care of the force that we have. So thank you.
1: Indeed, thanks a and lot. And
0: I'm I'm jealous that you having studied at Flagstaff. I, I I love that little town. I've been there quite often in my life. I spent quite quite a few nights there, uh, either on my way back and forth to to the Grand Canyon and other fantastic nature sites in in Arizona. And I love the old town of Flagstaff. It 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 has a sort of, it has a nice charm to be in. Have you ever been there, Alistair?
1: I've got a feeling I went through there once. Yeah, on a on a bus going away from the Grand Canyon, um, (laughs) on a Greyhound bus tour of the United States when I was a teenager. But I I slept through it. I was so exhausted after going down the Grand Canyon up again on the same day.
0: (laughs) That was my very first arrival in Tucson. I was not on a Greyhound, but I was on a Trailways bus, which was the competition, I suppose. And I remember waking up in Tucson, Arizona, and then having the song Get Back in my head from the Beatles because they're thinking thinking about Jojo had his home in Tucson, Arizona. And, And I had the song in my head, and only later I realized that uh, that there was this connection to Tucson, but I didn't, I didn't cross uh, Flagstaff in those days. I came there only later, but I've been quite back quite a few times, and I, I, I find it a a, a charming place to uh, to stop along the Route 66. <laughs> so um having studied there must be uh, must be marvelous. That's so be thanks for yeah. uh, for sharing this, uh, Shannon. We'll have to we look s-
1: up this uh, ways of um, clearing forests. Yeah, I mean Donald Trump famously said that. Um, in Finland, they raked the forest, didn't he, to to help reduce some um, forest fires? I I was in Finland last week actually, and I mentioned that to a few people when I was talking about forest management, and they sort of slammed their foreheads and said, "Oh no, you're not going to talk about that, are you?" <laughs> no, I we do the, not rake the forests.
0: Uh, the, the, the president of finland who was still a man in those days i mean it's this this very young prime minister it was either prime minister or president i'm not sure one of the two it was president who then uh later said like i never spoke with the president of america about raking a forest i don't know anything about raking forest it was not on our agenda and i have no idea where he gets this knowledge from <laughs> one of the many many scandals of Donald Trump it's um it's it's amazing how many we've forgotten already they came and went so fast <laughs> um, so i'm looking at the clock we promised to stick to 40 minutes uh, we managed to um so uh, i i i hope you guys like this new format of us talking about for about half an hour and do about 10 minutes q and a and um and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining this. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you will also enjoy my newsletter that I just sent out uh, where I wrote about uh, the kind of things that uh, I want to write about this summer. Basically, it will be uh, shorter and it will be more positive news because I'm completely sick of all the negative news that we have in the media. Hi, Nikki. We're just ending up, but thanks for joining. I really appreciate Um, Please uh, join us again tomorrow. Very interesting uh, when we have uh, Zoe from WildTrack uh, who will uh, explain how um, conservation activists are uh, using artificial intelligence and big data in recognizing uh, patterns of uh, footprints of animals. And so it's it's a combination of making use of on the one hand, indigenous uh, knowledge, but on the other hand, the most modern techniques uh, that we have around. So that's very interesting to follow, and a little bit connected to what we spoke about today. On Wednesday, we will talk about rewilding projects. So that comes. That is a good follow-up on this one, and um, that uh, is with Vanessa Champion uh, on uh, on the Wednesday. So it's uh, it's it's a bit of a nature and forestry theme this week and maybe after that there may be more but uh, the first one coming up is tomorrow four o'clock so nearly in 24 hours from now um and um and i hope that you will uh you will join there and nikki i just followed you so you have one extra follower maybe some other people want to follow nikki too uh so nikki will often join us because then she knows that she gets more followers if she joins us here so that's how we get more followers in this show Um, thank you everybody Uh, one last comment uh, uh, I see coming in uh, of Sharon saying I love it and Flagstaff was awesome and also uh, thanks Charlie for writing (laughs) ciao okay that's it for today today, guys Uh, thanks so much uh, for joining and hope to see and hear you all tomorrow
2: okay bye bye thanks a lot bye now